Hi, this is Chris Kousselis, and welcome to the IT Woodworker Podcast, where we discuss current IT challenges and provide insight around IT topics important to our viewers and listeners. We also break up the IT talk with a cool woodworking project every now and again. For the IT folks who like to disengage from the digital world and find peace and quiet in their workshops. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. All right, welcome to the sixth episode of the IT Woodworker. I'm Chris Kousselis, and I'm joined with my co-host, Katie McCullough. Katie, uh, you're not sitting out somewhere beautiful right now in, a, in the nature. Where, where are you at? Well, believe me, if I would be sitting out in nature where I was before, it would be freezing rain in Wisconsin. Uh, I talked to a buddy there today. and I've got a jacket uh, on. <laughs> yeah, I am out of that environment, and I am in the sun in uh, Arizona right now, back at my home. Uh, my RV is pleasantly parked outside and filling up most of my yard, but I'm not having to live in it anymore. Nice. Uh, and as you may know, uh, the family that goes with me across country uh, is made up of uh, six four-legged creatures. Uh, so they are comfortably laying around the floor around me and out of the RV as well. So. Uh, nice. we're, we're in a much, much more comfortable space, although it is still a little warm here. It's 95 yet today, so. I'm, I'm jealous. It's cold. I've got a coat on, so, you know, and I wanted to give you a hard time and call you Cousin Eddie because you're cruising around in your camper, but today you're you're kind of homebound, so. Uh, there, there's a phrase that goes along with that typically, but we'll, we won't have any bleeps on this podcast, <laughs> so I won't say the, the standard phrase that goes along with Cousin Eddie. I'm not technically uh, adept enough to figure out how to do the bleep. So I, I appreciate that. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for that. So why don't we jump into the episode here? And what we're going to talk about today are zero day vulnerabilities. And, you know, I, I try to do a little research and kind of add some some color to it when, when we get into it. But, you know, Katie, could you just kind of jump into and, you know, we want to talk about what zero day vulnerabilities are. We want to talk about the challenges that, that they bring to organizations and then what can be done about them. But jump in and you know talk a little bit about what zero day vulnerabilities really are. Well, they're kind of a pain in the keister is what they really are. Um, <laughs> but you know, there are all there are different different aspects of a zero day, right? To your to your word use of vulnerability, it starts with a vulnerability, but typically what makes something zero day is it's it's a vulnerability but there's already some known activity and exploits that are actively leveraging that vulnerability to really infiltrate and in, and in have the adversaries go after environments uh, the classic example of it was when uh, microsoft had a, a vulnerability called nobelium it's been over a year ago now right but it was I mean, so many of these vulnerabilities are found through external parties, right? Researchers, a lot of times good people that are trying to make companies aware of the vulnerabilities that their software may entail. Um, but but nine times out of 10, you know, a zero day is about, it's not just a vulnerability. There is activity going on with that vulnerability that adversaries have already created scripts that can be automated that are going to attack those vulnerabilities, right? So, um, in, in, in even in that, there's different facets, right? With the types of zero days we we see now, you can have a very specific zero day, like you almost see on a daily, I shouldn't say daily basis, on a regular basis from Microsoft. They just released one again a week or two ago, again around Exchange. 
um, where it's a zero day. So, you know, you need to assess it to your business, but it's very specific to their product, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas the other things we've seen are like solar winds or um, Log4j was a big one in the end of last year. That can have such an impact on so many different things that, you know, software you could have in your environment. Log4j was just so messy because um, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't specific to a certain software. Log4j was something that was used in so many other software products that it wasn't even always apparent where it was in the environment or how it was being used. So those are almost were and the same thing with solar winds, right? So many other vendors incorporate maybe some of their tools, solar wind tools into their environment that it's not even always clear how susceptible you might be to that zero day because it's more embedded in something else you use. Mm-hmm. So there's all these aspects you have to consider when you hear the word zero, zero day, right? It's not just about, hey, this one software vendor and you got to go do something. It's it's really evaluating what it means in your environment, what risk it poses, and trying to figure out how you're going to address it. And and when a zero day vulnerability comes out and you said that there's some some good folks out there along with the manufacturers who are trying to find those and then they they report back to the manufacturers. But there's there's a whole group of people out there trying to make money on this that are, are not the good people. And when they find those, you know, in the, in the research I was doing, they sell those too, but they sell them to the bad people or they exploit them. I mean, there's like bounties is what I read. You know, not only the manufacturers, but, you know, the, the bad actors will give bounties for people who can identify zero days um, so they can so they can expose them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. Where there are good guys, good people in the world, there are bad people. And um, I maybe try to focus too much on the on the good, but you're spot on. Both are going after those. Both are constantly, uh, you know, they got research and development teams, right, on both sides that are trying to figure out how to exploit and where these vulnerabilities are uh, in the software products because they're they're going to happen. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. you you can't you're going to roll out stuff that that uh, that are going to have vulnerabilities, and it's you know a lot of times, especially again when it's a zero day, it typically means that. Um, the adversaries can get at something with without truly authenticating to be able to do it, right? Without having to log in, that the vulnerability is so bad that they can write a script and it, there's not checks and balances to be able to exploit that vulnerability. I mean, that's that's typically a big characteristic of a zero day too, is that the what it can do that you know is is pretty significant in your environment. It's not just it, it's not just a what I you know what would be a simple vulnerability. It mm-hmm. it really exploits something, a you know a a, a situation where adversaries because you could use a a tactic to really get significant information or access to your environment. And when when these are discovered, they're let's say they're discovered by by the manufacturer or by you know the good by the good guys. They're they're not always told to the public, right? I mean, right. And, that was and, definitely the case with the Microsoft Nubellum, Nubellum and, again. And if when they're not told to the public, I, I guess they don't want to release that so that the 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 bad actors and the the 
the our evils that are out there can can start to exploit them. But then you you don't know how to protect yourself because it's I mean, there are protections against zero day, right? I mean, without I mean, you can put other, you know, stop gaps in place so that you've got some sort of protection. You may not against that, but at least if you know what's going on, you can try to to protect yourself. Is is that an accurate statement? It's hugely accurate. And so to your point, part of the reason vendors struggle with the timing of releasing something is right. They want to have an answer for customers. They want to say, here's a vulnerability, but here's a patch. So go patch and you're okay. Or here's a vulnerability and here's a configuration change you can make. But not every time do they have that option immediately available when that vulnerability is is comes up. Now they'll probably get there pretty quickly, you know, in maybe even under 30 days or even a couple days, but they need that time. And so they try to balance that. Well, then to your point, that puts people at risk that they don't have to necessarily leave at risk because again, if you've adopted the mindset of a defense in depth strategy, you've got other mechanisms you can rely on. You watch your monitoring more closely for the the indicators that might be associated with a vulnerability. You know, you you work with your endpoint protection provider to again look at the behaviors or the signatures that might be associated with that type of vulnerability, especially around getting access to your environment from some place that, you know, isn't typical for you. Right. Mm-hmm. So I mean knowledge is power, right? The more you know, the more you can defend. Now, you have to have those systems in place. You have to have that defense in depth mentality. But where you do, now you take control of that situation. And yes, the vendor still has a lot of responsibility to help mitigate the risk. But at least now you can monitor for things. You can scan for things. You can work with other vendors to see how they're tracking on certain indicators of compromise that may have a similar signature. I mean, there there are things you can do besides just waiting for that vendor. But yes, at the end of the day, that vendor owns the, the true uh, remediation of it. But knowledge is power. You, you know, some, something else that I that I uh, found pretty interesting too, and I don't know if I, it's the exact uh, zero day. Um, but I think it was with the with the Kaseya zero day. They they had you know breached. I think it was twenty local law enforcements in Texas, and were holding them hostage for ransom. And they said that uh, the FBI or you know whoever it was 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 looking into this. They already had a fix for it, but they were it's it's, it's like having somebody inside the mob. You know they they couldn't they couldn't save this one guy because they're going after everybody so and they didn't release it for like two weeks so then it's like gosh what do you what do you do it's just it's just crazy i mean do you do you go ahead and say hey we we knew this was out there and we can get this law enforcement going back again i mean it's just it seems like a fine line that you're that you're riding on here and and boy if you you google zero day attacks i mean they're happening constantly oh yeah yeah i mean I, I do. I appreciate the attention everybody is paying to security, and even the government is is trying to help educate people. There's a uh, CISA is is constantly trying to make awareness, and they have really doubled down on notifications and and um, summaries around where you have where where there are, are new vulnerabilities. But at the end of the day, you. It's it's your company's business to understand what vulnerability impacts your business. And, you know, it's going to sound, you know, like a I keep repeating this. 
But, you know, we go back to these assessments that we've been talking about in the very first two controls that we talk to a customer um, about in their environment may not even feel like it has anything to do about security. But it's like how the, the control is, how, do you inventory and know all the hardware that's on your environment? And do you inventory and control all the software that's on your environment? Well, guess what? If you do those two things, when you have vulnerabilities, certainly when you have zero day, you're going to know what your risk is pretty quick, right? Because you have those key data points. Mm -hmm. Problem is that takes effort, right? To do those things, to know everything that's on your network, to have controls to stop things from being on your network that you don't know, to stop users from using applications that you don't know. I get that there's got to be a bit balance with the business, but if you have those controls, zero days, you don't have to respond as, as just with your hair on fire mm -hmm. because you, you understand already some of that information. Similarly, and if you, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, you, you've, you've said before that, and you said it multiple times in this conversation that there's levels. You need to have different levels of, of security within the organization because for something, for ransomware to get in and for, for ransomware to get in or for anything to get in, a lot of things have to go wrong. It's it's not just one thing. It's not just that zero day. It, it's not just somebody's credentials got out. It's a it's a combination of many many things have to go wrong. So to the, to the point you were making, if you have you know those inventories in place, it's not as big of a deal. Maybe if you have two thought, a factor authentication in place, it's not as big of a deal. So they don't only protect against one thing; they protect against multiple things. Absolutely. I mean that that is the that's the premise and that's the goodness of a framework is that you you don't have to just throw everything you're doing into the wind because a new vulnerabilities come out. I mean, there's still going to have to you got to pull people together depending on how nasty it may be. Something like log4j still takes some coordination because it's yeah so if you know all those software vendors you use, right? One of the first steps we consulted we we advised our customers to do is you got to reach out to your software vendors and say, are you, do you have log4j embedded in your code? Because it's it's not always apparent, right? But if you've got to, in that moment, build that list of software vendors, you're either going to forget yeah. some, or now you're busy building that list as opposed to just addressing the actual issue. Yeah. And so I get all of this takes time, um, but you don't want to have to be reacting when there's already known exploits uh, out there. You want to be ahead of those bad guys. And in doing that depth and defense, applying all these controls helps give you time to truly um, assess the risk and not just get the note from the CEO about, hey, you know, what did we do about this? Well, the response is, here's all our de 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 uh, defense and depth controls that are going to help us mitigate this until we can get the true remediation. Mm -hmm. And I know that, that whenever something happens and it's and it's a big deal and it makes the headlines in the newspaper, you've told me before that, you know, me selling the FUD, the, <laughs> the fear of the unknown, um, you got to stop doing that. Because the reality is, I mean, how many zero day attacks are really exploiting people. I mean, of all the bad things that happen in the, in the, a computer system, what amount of that is really from zero day? Yeah. It, you know, zero day is, 
this isn't the right word, but it's the sexy one, right? It's the, hey, everybody's talking about it, so you got to fix it. Uh, We can show you all sorts of data points that that isn't the bulk of the problem. Again, it's not the sexy part, but guess what? You got to patch. The vulnerabilities that truly get exploited are the stuff that's five years old. I mean, you know, Verizon breach report and any one of those security vendors that spend a lot of time with research and development talk about, yeah, zero days, but for most people, when you have that control set in place, you're going to be able to address it. It's all the other patches that already have known exploits that could have been patched years ago. That's that's what, and, and guess what? All those adversaries have scripts to do that. They sell and resell those same scripts because they know they're going to find somebody susceptible to a vulnerability from 2017, should have been patched back in 2017. That was exactly the WannaCry issue. I mean, I know I'm going a little bit back in the data banks, but that should have never been an issue. The patch was released three, I think three months before it, it blew up, mm-hmm. right? And if people would have just patched them, it wouldn't have been as big an issue, but people don't have... And I get it's a discipline. I get it impacts the business, but there's got to be some some collaboration there. It, it impacts the business, but what impacts yeah. the business yeah. more? Right. <laughs> you know? um, so, so and, and I know you said I shouldn't throw around, you know, our, I guess you said that not always the statistics are right. But from the things that I were, was looking at, they said that 90 percent of ransomware attacks are are known vulnerabilities. Like you just right. said, I, I mean, do you think that number's that high? I mean, if you dig into everyone that's publicly available to to look at, yeah, it is. I mean, yeah, I, I would say that's not that far off. Yeah, that's crazy. So, Katie, this has been helpful for me, as always. Um, I certainly appreciate it. I think um, why don't we cut away for just a little bit here, and then we can come back and wrap up. Very good. Well, welcome back. We really appreciate everyone tuning in and and listening to our conversation about uh, zero day vulnerabilities. So in wrap up, we really just wanted to to touch on that layers of security will defend your organization. Patch your systems. We understand in, in some instances you can't for whatever reason. So isolate those systems and use solid security monitoring. And maybe, I don't know, above all, but Try to employ a zero trust model. That that's really going to help you immensely in in this fight against the bad guys out there. But you know, most importantly, know your risks and assess your environment. You know, lean on the trusted partners. Reach out to the people in your in your uh, that you that you know, the people you work with, or reach out to Katie and me. Um, and and to the listeners, if you've enjoyed this, you know, share it with other folks, subscribe to it, and like it. Katie, Cousin Eddie, it's been a pleasure as always. Yeah, next time maybe we can get into the difference between a gray tank and a black tank. That's as close as I can get to (laughs) Cousin Eddie's statement. Thanks, Katie. Enjoy the lovely weather. You too.